Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved. Hello, dear family. How are you? I pray you're well. And you say, Mother Miriam, what do you mean? How are we? What do you mean we're doing well? We lost our jobs with this, with that. We cannot get a COVID exemption. Uh, what are we going to do? Um, you know what King David said? He's never seen the righteous. God said through King David, he has never seen the righteous begging bread. Don't worry. You know, a little child runs around the house worrying about what they're going to eat, or they don't worry because they know they have a mother or father, um, one of the two or both, and they're going to take care of them. They know that. Mommy, I'm hungry. And they know their parents are going to take care of them. Well, we have a father who will take care of us. And he's doing that right now. And the fact that he puts us through a bit of suffering and turmoil and tribulation and all of that, it's to strengthen us, to make us strong. You know, there are people who go through trials and it's nothing for them. It's just kind of the way of life. And they... They know that God is going to lead them if they have faith. And there are those who have never been through any trials and life has been somewhat perfect for them. And they come across a trial, they don't know how to handle it. Um, And they're down and out and they're discouraged or they're angry. Don't be that, dear ones. God is your father and Mary is your mother. And they will never, ever, ever let you down. What you need, what I need, what we all need is true faith. And faith is tested in trouble. It, everything's going well. Um, we don't really need faith. We need faith when things are not going well. And it's not faith in circumstances. And it's not even faith that they'll work out well. No, we can't presume that. We're the creature. God is the creator. It It is faith in the fact that God is perfect, that he exists that he proved his love for us by sending his son dying on the cross, rising from the dead to give life to all who will come to him. And if you are deeply sorrowful, if you are in a pickle or a circumstance and you're frightened or you're worried or you're angry, your faith needs to be in God. And he has a purpose for every single thing he allows. I've said many times, nothing touches you that God does not allow. Absolutely nothing touches you that God does not allow. So say, Lord, I don't know why you're allowing this, but I trust that you're perfect in your ways, you're wise, um, you know what you're doing, and I'm still breathing, I'm still alive. And you know, if we die from starvation, which um, which is possible, I'm not saying it'll happen, uh, I don't think we need to, we can grow our own vegetables, we can... And become a primitive people and find out how to live without electricity. I think you need to do that, actually. Um, I think you need to learn to live without electricity. Um, there may come a day where we'll be without iPhones and computers, not too far off. I don't know this. I 
read a lot of the current so-called prophecies and all that. I don't know what's true or not. The timing, I don't know. So we're, we want to be smart and prepare, but we don't want to worry. Uh, we want to be praising God all the day long. And if he allows us to suffer or die, uh, even from martyrdom, uh, if we die in a state of grace, we'll be with him forever. Well, there'll be no more suffering. We'll have no more need. Um, I don't understand how in heaven there'll be no more suffering if there are people yet loved ones who are not there with us. I don't understand how that works, but I know there's no more tears, and I know that it works. I don't know how. I'm not in heaven yet. Um, But God is faithful. He is absolutely faithful to his promises. We have a million whys, um, and someone, more than one, has rightly said that why is not of God. It's really of the devil, because why is egoism. We want to know. We want to know uh, so we can judge what God is doing because, as God said, you think you're such a one as me and you're not. So (laughs) just bless God in all things, in trials, in prosperity, in all things. Bless him and say, Lord, you're my father. I don't get it, but I have you. And I have you because you sent your son to die for me. What other, what else do I need? What else do I need on earth to know that we are in exile right now and our citizenship is in heaven? What else do I need? And you might say, well, I need my those I love most to be with me. Yes, and I would say get to work. That's our job right now, to spread the gospel to everyone. First, by our witness, preaching the gospel without words, but don't neglect to use words. Because without words, people cannot know the truth and be saved. If you confess with your mouth as Lord and believe in your heart, Romans 9.10, that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So we have to tell people that in order for them to believe it. So don't waste time with anger or sorrow or depression. Don't waste time. God has a job for us to do in these times more than maybe in any other time, except for maybe the first apostles uh, who went about spreading the gospel to the whole world and didn't do anything else. Um, And they didn't worry about what clothes to wear and money that they had God would provide. And they, they, Paul was a tent maker, Um, we can have home businesses, we can do many things. And you probably have a hundred objections. Yes, but what about this? What about this? I don't know about those things. I don't know. I have my own questions. But we are at peace because God is our Father and we are His. I love the song, In My Protestant Years, I Am His and He Is Mine. Um, Oh, I wish I remembered the words. But there's one line that I just love. Um, uh, uh, there is something lives in every hue, H-U-E, that Christless eyes have never seen. He is all over, beloved. And nothing and no one will ever love you as he does and will protect you as he does. Uh, But he wants you to be humble, to surrender to him, to give him your life, and to trust him. If you say, well, I don't trust him enough, I trust him, but I don't trust him enough, I'm going to suggest you don't trust him at all. 
if you don't trust him enough, you don't trust him at all. Because you either trust him or you don't. If you don't trust him enough, what you're saying is, well, in things I can figure out how he works and what he'll do, yeah, I can trust him in that. But things that I are totally blind to me, that I have no idea, that frighten me, I don't know if I can trust him. Well, then you cannot trust him. And if you cannot trust someone who loved you to the end, loved you from the beginning, loved you to the end, gave his life for you, whom then can you trust? What can you trust? No. We need to trust. We need to believe his love, and we need to trust him, dear ones. We are uh, somewhere <clears throat> chapter 3. Let me see this now. We're in chapter 3 of um, This is the Face by um, Canon Ripley. Uh, and the chapter 3 is The Necessity of Religion. And I need to find out right now where we left off. Um, we were talking about the need for religion um, and that it's actually a duty. We have a duty to love and honor God. Um, morality needs religion. We spoke about that yesterday. And that um, God alone can read the inmost secrets of minds and hearts. He alone can estimate every motive. He alone can adequately um, and justly punish or reward good and evil thoughts, words, and deeds. God alone, beloved. And there are some false notions about religion, and I think we spoke about them um, uh, yesterday, but yes, we did. Let me just see what here it is. Uh, we spoke about public worship, and we are now at the point of social worship. And Canon Ripley says that social worship, worship, worship excuse me, is due to God. Don't say my religion is private. So many people, false Catholics, politicians, our own president says I'm Catholic, um, but it's my business. Uh, he can pass laws killing millions of babies and still think he's Catholic. He's not. Uh, he has separated himself from God, and unless he repents and makes confession, he is not on his way to heaven. And he's deceived. So are others in our government. Greatly, greatly deceived. Um, I, I cannot speak for the work of God in their hearts. But you cannot be a Catholic in private and live as if God doesn't exist. That's insane. You cannot. Um, you know, if you can tell people what you do and what you believe, but the Jewish mind... Um, well, there's music for our first break, beloved. Um, what I want to say is the Jewish mind, from which I come, um, says, don't tell me what you believe. I'll tell you what you believe by the way you live. And we can make a million excuses. We can explain it to them. It makes no difference. I will tell you what you believe by how you live. That is true. We can look in our lives and see the strength of our faith. If we don't live the Catholic faith, if we make compromises, um, all of that, then, then we are deceived and fooling ourselves, but we're not fooling God. So, beloved, there's the music for our break, and um, we'll be right back, and we'll jump into a little more of this really wonderful book. And at the half-hour break, you'll be able to call in with anything on your heart, toll-free. We'll be right back. 
St. Thomas More House of Prayer and discover the prayer that will change your life. The St. Thomas More House of Prayer is a Catholic retreat center dedicated to praying and promoting the Liturgy of the Hours, the prayer of the Church. The Liturgy of the Hours is prayed each day, starting with the Office of Readings at 5.30 a.m. and ending with night prayer at 8 o'clock p.m. So whether you're an individual or a group, schedule your visit today. Go to liturgyofthehours.org or call 814-676-1910. That's 814-676-1910. We would love to help you experience the Liturgy of the Hours and discover the prayer that will change your life. You can listen to any of our network-produced programs at your convenience, wherever you enjoy podcasts. Hear a powerful sermon you need to share with a loved one? Maybe there's a guest or teaching segment that deserves another listen. You can find all of our shows on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, our website, and the free iCatholic Radio app. Be uplifted in your faith. Listen today at thestationofthecross.com or on your favorite podcasting platform. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show. We're happy to be with you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. We strive to keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and a look at the news stories of the day that you need to know. Join us on the Catholic Drive Time Show every weekday morning at 7 a.m. on the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. That's on the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. God love you. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I'm so thrilled to be with you, and I'm always happy when we can be live and not run an encore. We're right now at the uh, uh, chapter three of This is the Faith by Canon Francis Ripley, and we're looking at social work of worship. Social workup is due to God, is due to God. We owe him that worship privately and publicly. We owe it to him. Society, composed of the family and the state, is a divine institution, a creature of God, under a debt of gratitude to him as creator and provider. It must discharge that debt through the public practice of religion. Moreover, it is in the interest of the community for the civil authority to promote religion, for without religion there can be no true basis of respect authority. And I just add to that, we see that all over the place. There's no respect for our government. Um, There's hardly respect of children for their parents because their parents have given up parenting. This is my, my little aside here. Many parents have given up parenting and they let their children dress immodestly and they to be hip with them, uh, dress immodestly, 
and children answer them back. Uh, the children are disrespectful even coming out of church. I'm astonished at some of the answers the children give the parents and the lack, the lack of respect. It is because um, without religion there could be no true basis of respect for authority. And it, you don't have religion by going to Mass on Sunday. This is the fruit of religion, and it's a good thing. Um, but religion, the, the faith in God, uh, needs to be, God needs to live in us. He does through baptism and through the reception of the sacraments. He needs to live in us in our whole life and breath and everything we say and don't say and everything we do and don't do, every single thing. In my life, in my world, there's no such thing as secular and religious, religious and secular. No such thing. Everything we do, even if we're shopping in a supermarket, we belong to God and and our actions and our speech, everything. Um, You know, it's the first thing that I communicate to the new postulants who come in, that it is, if we did nothing, if we did no special ministry, which is to help restore God's design for the family that we wish very much to do, to help with. Everything we do, our speech, our posture, our uh, kindness on the outside, uh, our holiness of of walk in, in every way that Paul exerts us to do in his letter to the letters to the Ephesians and Colossians, walk worthy of the call that you were called, everyone was called to holiness and love, everyone. We live it all the time. It's in our hearts all the time. Not just when people are watching us, not just when we go to church on Sunday or any other time, but always. And so without religion, without God being our complete life and focus, there can be no true basis of respect for authority. Canon Ripley goes on to say, nowadays, religion has become identified with the service, not of God, but of man. That's it. Social. Help the poor, do everything. Yes. But uh, we have an example, dear ones, just before us of um, a great many of our prelates, of our priests and bishops who have um, ceased taking care of souls and have chosen to take care of bodies instead. And they're not taking care of bodies, but they're certainly not taking with the COVID. You don't take care of souls when you forbid anyone to go to Mass. You don't take care of souls when you shut the church down. Um, You don't take care of souls when you dismiss good priests because they warn people against the vaccine, which needs to be warned against. There's no care for souls. In those instances, Canon Ripley says, man is the God, small g, man is the God of the universe. Philanthropy has come to be regarded as better than prayer. It is now often thought that it is better to build homes for men than temples for God. Religion and respectability have generally come to be thought of as the same thing. And I know that Canon Ripley is not suggesting that Habitat for Humanity doesn't exist and we don't do good things for people. He's never suggesting that. But 
um, I think, as he says, religion and respectability have generally come to be thought of as the same thing. I, I'd have to get the year Canon Ripley wrote that, but it was in the early, uh, I can't say, but it, quite a few years ago. In fact, he says, religion is now often regarded as little more than sanctified good form or decency. Someone has said that if religion does nothing else in England, it puts a gentleman and a good cricketer into every parish. Playing the game so delightfully vague has taken the place of the Ten Commandments, he writes. All these tendencies are a reversal of the true order of things. Religion is right. It is a fundamental need of man. Duty to God, the creator, is more important than duty to man, the creature. But duty to God implies duty to man. I remember when I was a new Christian as an evangelical, I was reading through the Bible and I came across 1 John 4, verse 20, and which said that you cannot love um, man who you have seen if you don't love... No, I'm sorry, you cannot love God whom you've not seen if you do not love man who you have seen. I might reverse that. But you cannot love God um, who you do not see if you don't love man who you do see. And I I was shocked out of my mind. I I had been a Christian maybe three weeks at the time, and I came from a a business world. I ran a couple of companies in New York, and I was very busy and all of that. I said, what are you talking about? What are you, Lord, I was standing in the middle of the living room. I said, I don't understand this. There are people I don't love, and I don't want to love them. I don't want to love them. They drive me up a wall. I don't want to love them. Why is my love for you based on my love for them? It, I, I was in pain because God, I knew he wouldn't accept my love if I didn't love them. And it's not that I didn't, didn't love them. I don't even want to love them. I was in agony. And I thought about it for a year. <clears throat> Until one day, the pastor of my evangelical church talked about a man who was coming from some far eastern country who was... Uh, very special to him, and wanted to introduce him to the um, congregation. And I thought right away, I don't know this man, but I'm, I, lo- I love him already, because he's special to the person who's special to me, who was the pastor at the time. I, that pastor helped me, into the, helped me into Christianity altogether. So he was special to me. Um, and Uh, special to the congregation. And I said, whoever this man is, I love him because this pastor who I love loves him. That was clear. And then I thought of it. There you go. How can you love God who you haven't seen if you don't love the one for whom he died? He died for every creature. He died for that man. That man was special to me because of the one who loved him. And could people that I am not fond of, to put it mildly, I thought at that time, uh, should I not love them when they are special to God? How do I know they're special to God? Because he died for them. Yeah, but he died for everybody. That's right. And everyone is special to him. And I realized it cured me. 
I cannot say I love God if I don't love individuals. I don't have to like them and fawn over them, but I need to have God's love for them. Otherwise, I don't love God. It's really became two and two is four for me. And so when I find anyone that I tend to not like or not love or not want to be around, I say, Lord, that shows me my love for you, that I cannot love or that I will refuse or reject um, anybody for whom you died. It's been a lesson to me for many, many years. Very often, Canon Ripley continues here, very often, the reasons alleged by the irreligious and unbelievers are no more than smoke screens covering up the fact that they have not the courage to practice religion because true religion would come into conflict, conflict with the gratification of their human passions. If religion is true, they would have to change their lives or go to hell. The former is unthinkable to them to change their lives, and the latter is unpleasant to think about. Hence, they raise a smokescreen of arguments, which it is an insult to ask an intelligent man to consider. Multitudes of men today are indifferent to the practice of religion. They boast that they are Christians. In fact, they claim to be proud to have fought during the war against Hitler for the survival of Christianity. But how do they differ from the pagans? To the personal practice of religion, they are quite indifferent. In other words, they are indifferent to God. Yet they say that they believe in him. Hence, there is no excuse for them. They do their duty to wife, children, and friends, but their main duty to God is completely neglected. Morally speaking, this is criminal. For as long as God is God and we are his creatures, religious duties, definite, private, public, and social, will be our obligate, um, uh, will be our uh, obligation, will be obligatory, sorry for that, will be obligatory and the right thing to do. The conclusion is obvious. Religion matters more than anything else in life. It is the one supremely important thing. It must occupy the most important place in every person's life and actually in the life of every nation as well. End of this chapter. We're going to go on to chapter 4 tomorrow. The sources of faith. How do we get it? How do we get faith? Ultimately, it's of God. Faith is a gift. If you think you have faith, but you're not living a Christian life, um, your heart is not charitable, you are not open to the things of God, you live a selfish, uh, self-centered, isolated, bubble life of some sort. I understand that. I used to do that. And I was happy in it. Um, But then the love of God filled my heart. I've never been the same. Um, you can call yourself a Christian, Catholic Christian, and still be bitter and isolated and selfish. Let God change your heart and let him free you of holding on to what you have taken for yourself. It's all a gift from God. 
God bless you, beloved, and we'll be right back. Here at the Station of the Cross, we proudly bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners through radio and mobile devices, and we're grateful for the feedback we've received. It just really connected me to my faith. I always considered myself 100% Catholic, but didn't really realize that I wasn't fully practicing my faith, so I learned so much through the Station of the Cross and began just getting deeper in my prayers and feeling just so much closer to God and so well-versed in learning more about the Bible and more about what actually it means to be Catholic. So it became very, very important to me, and I listen to the radio station daily, and I absolutely love it. I make it a regular practice of donating every time they have their, their fundraising and just love it and wouldn't want it to ever go away. If you've been blessed by listening to the Station of the Cross, let us know. Call 1-877-888-6279, extension 112. Then share your testimonial with us. The Station of the Cross appreciates the generosity of our supporters. We are committed to keeping our donors' accounts up to date. If there have been changes made to your payment information, please call us so that we can update your account. 1-877-888-6279, extension 104. Or update your information online at thestationofthecross.com. Thank you for your generous support of Catholic Radio. The Station of the Cross thanks our financial supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. As a nonprofit lay organization not affiliated with your diocese, our apostolate is listener supported. Through your generosity, we're able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. Thank you for your continued support, and may God bless you and your family. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is my favorite part of the program. It's our half hour together. And I always invite you to call in with anything at all on your heart. The heart of the matter is the matter of your heart. Our toll-free number is 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. During the break... um, uh, our um, good people at the Station of the Cross uh, took a look at the people who are watching on Facebook um, and who a number of people who have made comments and some who are praying for us. Valerie, Joanna, John, Joanna, another Joanna, um, Joannie, Becky, Tammy, Celia, um, Marijo, um, I don't know if I got them all in, but um, thanks for watching on Facebook. Uh, Facebook and uh, iCatholic app and all kinds of ways that people can watch uh, or tune in later if they cannot be uh, live at the time of the program. So bless all of you. And thanks, thank you for your comments, which I'm not able to see while we're on the program. But um, God bless all of you. And uh, you're in our prayers. You are in our prayers. Um, yesterday, uh, we had a text from Raul, 
um, on the uh, names of the three magi according to tradition. Where do we receive the names of the three magi according to tradition? Because in the scriptures, they're just um, three wise men. Rawl asked that question, and I began reading an article from Father Dwight Longenecker on it and says that that's tradition, but but it's really not their names. And he started to explain how we got those names. Um, And I... I just, it was a long article and I I couldn't do it on the program. But in connection with that, we just got an email from Geneve, and Geneve is from the island of Trinidad and Tobago. Bless you, Geneve. God bless you. It's so sweet. Geneve is listening now, and she said, Good morning, Mother Miriam. God's blessings to you and yours. I love your program. I was introduced to it by LifeSite News on the eve of the Epiphany this year, 2022. And she says, since then, I'm an avid listener to your show via Podbean, um, Podbean app. I love your voice. Oh, my goodness. I, I can't imagine that. But, you know, we, you know, when people hear our voice, we, we never hear anybody as other people hear us. Um, because we hear ourselves inside our heads, uh, not outside as we hear others. But in any case, she said, I love your voice. I'm happy for that. It's soothing, and you get your points across without the need of being loud, as some do. My name is Geneve, and I live on the island of Trinidad and Tobago in the uh, Caribbean. Um, Although I have many concerns and questions about the church I would like to share, I prefer to assist a caller from yesterday's show. And that's you, Raoul. Um, um, Genevieve writes, regarding your program yesterday, the 24th of January, someone posed a question on the names of the Magi regarding the Epiphany. Mother, she says, I've provided a link that you can view via YouTube on explaining the faith of Epiphany and what we never heard before. It's by Chris Alar of the Divine Mercy. And she says his catechesis talks, his catechesis talks are always in-depth and makes my heart burn more passionately for the church and its teachings. Father Chris spoke on the Magi's, linking it to the Bible and their names. The listener from yesterday's program can search on YouTube for the Divine Mercy channel for that specific talk. They also have daily live masses and other First Friday devotions. Oh, Geneve, I love you for this. And she's actually uh, pasted it here. Um, And the title of the YouTube video is Explaining the Faith Epiphany, What We Never Learned. Um, And I'm going to give out the website which you need a pencil to copy all this down. It's https <clears throat> colon uh, forward slash forward slash U-T- YouTube with a period between the U and the B. So Y-O-U-T-U dot B-E forward slash capital H, capital D for David, capital O, and then uh, small letters O-I-V, and then a hyphen, C for Charles, M for Mary, O for Olive, and then it looks like a capital Q. It's a capital Q or capital O. I think it's a capital Q. And I think the O, the capital H, capital D, I think it's the number zero rather than the letter 
Oh, so, oh, maybe, um, yeah, I think uh, Mike, the, our beautiful engineer for today, would maybe we'll copy that and put it up on, on the website. Um, and Geneve, sa- um, uh, Geneve says, thank you, Mother, and God bless. Well, God bless you, Geneve, from listening all the way to tr- from Trinidad and helping out a caller from yesterday. Raul, I hope you go to that YouTube channel, uh, Explaining the Faith, Epiphany, What We Never Learned. And it's from the Divine Mercy, Mercy Shrine. Really, really beautiful. I love when listeners interact and help one another. I love that. We have an email from Tammy. And um, uh, we said, Tammy, that um, we would continue with your email first today uh, because we cut it off at the end of yesterday's program, but we wanted to finish uh, for Raul. Tammy says, Hi, Mother. I have two questions for you. What scapula do you recommend? I see a rosary-knotted scapular that I like, but I'm not sure if it qualifies. And what age would you recommend children start wearing them? Well, I mentioned yesterday um, Tammy, that I don't, I've never seen a rosary knotted scapular, so I, I really can't comment on that. But if it's a scapular, it should be fine and have it blessed by a priest and um, officially, um, 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 how do I say, um, I know I'm looking for a word, enrolled in the scapular by a priest who can pray those prayers for you and formally give you that scapular. I think the age that I'd recommend children start wearing them is First Communion. However young they are, seven, however young they are, I think at First Communion, if they are able to receive the Eucharist and they understand that the Eucharist is God himself, um, I think uh, that child is as good to receive the scapular. In fact, in some parishes, the Latin parish we went to in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, that was automatic, all First um, communion recipients were enrolled in the scapular, and the priest gave them each a scapular. Another question that um, Tammy has, she says, My daughter, Adeline, who is a diabetic six-year-old, gives up all her shots slash suffering for the salvation of souls. How beautiful. She is very connected to God, but she really fears the dark. And therefore, sleeping alone is hard for her. She always wants to be with someone. She has three crucifixes in her room, a wall of holy pictures, Blessed Mary, Jesus, and Joseph statues and photos. I bless her with holy water every night. She has a Blessed Mary pillow. We also pray Gregorian chants all night, and our house is blessed. Well, this is beautiful, Tammy, really beautiful. And Tammy says, are her fears of the dark slash night legitimate? Yes, they are. She often has bad, every child's dreams, every adult's dreams, they're all legitimate. Um, They could be helped so that they don't have to continue, but they're legitimate, they're true. She often has bad dreams, many with the devil, and she also fears snakes and has had bad dreams of those as well. Not sure if it's symbolic of the devil as well. Do you have any other recommendations? Thank you. God bless you and all the work you do, Tammy. Oh, Tammy, I don't know how helpful I could be to you here. I'm going to make a little suggestion here, though. I'm not a prophetess, so don't, um, you know, just, just take it as a thought. 
But your little six-year-old is a holy little girl, and perhaps on her way to being a saint. And the enemy doesn't like that. And so she may be having these bad dreams and um, these fears, uh, and they may be temptations of the enemy himself because he's not interested in her growing into a little saint, which she sounds like she already is. I don't know what to suggest in this case. Um, I would, you know, uh, I don't know if her room is totally dark. I don't know if you close her door. I would certainly keep the door propped open at least um, a little bit. And maybe put a really soft light. If you have the hall light on, it's going to uh, keep her away probably if it gets into her eyes or the room light. But if you can find a real soft bulb and put it in uh, a spot in her room that won't shine on her, but that will give a little light as she falls asleep, that might help. You might let her fall asleep with a crucifix in her hands. Um... Uh, something small, something that won't hurt her during the night because the enemy, if he's tempting her, is not going to like that crucifix. Um, But she'll maybe feel that our Lord is with her in a special way. And if she holds the crucifix and there's a soft light in her room, that might be very, very simple something to try. Um, Yeah. And other than that, maybe your priest can help you with that. Um, But um, I I just say, you know, I I know that Padre Pio, when he was a child, very holy child, but the devil made him his target. And used to chase him, the devil became a a voracious voracious dog and used to chase little um, Pio. and he had visions and all other things, and God certainly had plans for him. I pray that uh, our Lord has plans for your little daughter, um, Adeline. Um, but at least these are very two small steps that perhaps, perhaps would help. Um, uh, we will pray for her, and I ask our listeners to pray for her and to give you wisdom. We have an email from Paul who says, Dear Mother Miriam, I applaud your work, which is sorely needed. Thank you, Paul. As a lifelong Roman Catholic who has looked for guidance from the Church, I'm greatly disappointed by this hierarchy, which is clearly joined with the globalists. globalists. I fully agree with you, Paul. I am sad by the great majority of religious who have been duped by this real conspiracy. These so-called educated, devout, and obedient religious cannot or will not see the fraud in front of them. Um, In one sense, that's all right. If eyes are somewhat blinded to the the horror that's going on around them, um, I think that's good. Uh, Many, many um, religious orders, they won't um, keep their women up with the news. Um, I remember... um, with a good thing, with uh, an interview that the newspaper had with um, Mother Cecilia of the um, Benedictine, um, um, the Benedictine Daughters, uh, Queen of the Apostles, uh, Benedictine Daughters of Mary, Queen of the Apostles in Gower, um, Missouri. Um, 
they they're uh, beautiful uh, CDs. If you don't know them, look them up on the. Just say Benedictine Sisters of Gower, and you'll find them. Um, uh, their CDs, their their mother Cecilia, who is now Abbess Cecilia, they became an abbey uh, um, last year. Mag- just everything magnificent. Um, and the the mother Abbess is a professional musician, studied music, became the superior, and taught them how to sing. And they produced many, many, many CDs until they actually became number one on the secular hit parade. So they were number one, a religious order of chant and and beautiful music. And they were interviewed by the newsletter, and the newspaper said, are your sisters excited about this? And the mother said, they don't even know that we're number one. It doesn't mean anything to us. We're here to worship God. doesn't mean a thing. Amazing. We'll be right back. Prayer in time of affliction. Blessed, O Lord, be thy name forever. Who has permitted this affliction to come upon us? We cannot escape it, but must of necessity fly to thee to help us and turn it to our good. Lord, we are now in affliction. Our souls are ill at ease, for we are much troubled with this present suffering. Let it please thee, O Lord, to deliver us, for poor wretches that we are, What can we do without Thee? Thy mighty hand can do all things. Give us patience, O Lord, and strength and peace. Help us, O God, and we will not fear, no matter how grievously we may be afflicted. O Lord, Thy will be done. Welcome be the will of God. Sacred Heart of Jesus, we place our trust in Thee. Amen. beloved, this is Mother Miriam, host of Mother Miriam Live. Like the Catholic Current and the many other programs that originate from the Station of the Cross, Divine Mercy in My Soul is all about the messages that Jesus revealed to St. Faustina. It is aired every Sunday morning at 11 Eastern and Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Or you can listen anytime to Divine Mercy in My Soul on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. There's so much confusion in our world today over what love is. By displaying a Catholic Radio bumper magnet on your car, you'll help others understand love as designed by God. Order your free bumper magnets at thestationofthecross.com. We'd be happy to send bumper magnets for your listening area so that others can come to know the Lord. That's thestationofthecross.com. Thank you for sharing Catholic Radio on the road. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment. You're still welcome to call in. We have about 10 minutes. And the toll-free number, one 511 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. 
We're in the middle of a very important email from Paul. I'll read it from the beginning. He says, Mother Miriam, I applaud your work, which is sorely needed. As a lifelong Roman Catholic who has looked for guidance from the Church, I'm greatly disappointed by this hierarchy, which is clearly joined with the globalists. I am sad by the great majority of religious who have been duped by this real conspiracy. These so-called educated, devout, and obedient religious cannot or will not see the fraud in front of them. I attribute this automatic compliance to the societal and religious brainwashing, which demands blind obedience to man both in and outside the church. In a healthy society and church, which has moral leaders, obedience is a great thing. But we do not have moral leaders now. We have immoral and corrupt leaders who are even using God to maim and kill people. Given what I have written and feel, I have not been able to take full advantage of what the church has to offer. I pray often, but nothing more. I would like a full embrace of the church, but not as it is now. At best, this church is tone deaf to the reality of today. However, I'm willing to hear what you might suggest. Sincerely, Paul. Paul, my dear brother, I fully agree with everything you've written in the email. A hundred percent. But it is a great um, sadness to me and truly a shame. Excuse me, I have to clear my throat. It is a great sadness, Paul, that you say you've not been able to take full advantage of what the church has to offer. Um, He only prays. Um, Paul, I take full advantage of what the church has to offer yesterday because the church is not defined by the people who are holy or corrupt or anything else. The church is Christ. We are Christ's body. So regardless of what it looks like, the church is perfect and holy and sinless because the church at its core, in its essence, is Christ. If someone saw Christ on the cross, which many, many did, of course, in his day, um, the prophet Isaiah wrote he had no comeliness. Uh, he, He was unrecognizable. And someone's going to say, you've got to be kidding. Look at him. Look at the mess. He, he let people spit on him and beat him. And if he's God, he could have called a thousand angels. What's he doing up there? What's he looking like that? It can't be true. But you see, it was true. And it is true. So the church is the, his body, and it's a mess for sure. And we t- need to do a better job of being what we are. That is his body. But don't let the evil in the church. Don't let the Judases in the church, those who are betraying the faith, those who are corrupting the faithful, or if they could, don't let that keep you from heaven or keep you weak and not let you take advantage of all God has given you. Don't do that. We pray every day for the Pope. We pray every day for him. We pray for his intentions because we know that it is God who answers prayer. And if the Pope has a wrong intention, then we ask God to change him and convert him and answer it as God wills. So, uh, Paul, you're harming yourself. Don't let evil defeat you. Don't do that. 
if someone looked at the church with the apostles, uh, Judas who left, um, Peter who denied Christ three times, and then had to be corrected by Paul, even though he became the Pope, all of that uh, weak, uh, doubting Thomas, uh, weak weakness, um, failures, all the disciples left him except for John. They all ran. What kind of a church? Do I want to join that? I don't want to join that. you got to be kidding. And they lied. I don't know the man. The Pope, our first Pope. I never knew him. I don't know him. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not one of them. You see, we've had awful times in history, Paul. Uh, rather, um, yes, Paul. Um, and many, there have been corrupt popes. There have been corrupt prelates. But the church is founded on Christ, um, on the apostles and prophets, who were all sinners and failed. But Christ is the foundation and the cornerstone. Don't let sinful uh, men or women uh, keep you from your faith. They don't change the faith. They don't change the fact that the Eucharist is God, who first became man and then became our food. Don't let them affect you. Don't let your faith be based on your right. The, the, the Pope is in sync with the globalists. And yes, there are corrupt leaders and immoral leaders in the church, even using God to maim and kill people. I agree. I absolutely agree. They're not directly killing people, but indirectly killing them by mandating the vaccine and all of that. I agree. I absolutely agree. Why should you then, uh, why should your faith be, faith be destroyed by what is unholy. Look to what is holy, Paul. Embrace our Lord. Love him. He waits for you at church. He waits for you in the Holy Eucharist and in all the sacraments. Find a good Latin parish and go to it and um, with a faithful priest and, um, or a good Novus Ordo parish with a faithful priest. Um, they're becoming more difficult to find these days, but they absolutely exist. There are many holy prelates there. Um, look at Bishop Athanasius Snyder, who grew up under communism and didn't have the mass and didn't have a priest, but lived the faith at home. And now he is um, a um, son of the church, a beautiful, beautiful bishop who will compromise nothing. And there are others like him. Paul, um, be a witness to what is good and holy and right. And don't let the enemy um, who is trying to destroy the church, which he will never succeed in destroying the church because the gates of hell won't prevail against it. They, they simply won't. And the church will last till the end of time. And after that, we'll be in eternity forever, we pray. So Paul... Um, if this church is tone deaf to the reality of today, it's not. People within it are. And people within it are not tone deaf and want to destroy the church. I, I'm with you all the way. But the church is Christ. The truth that God, that the faith once delivered to the saints, will never ever change. It's not man-made. It's what God has given. And I say that Protestantism, which broke off from the Catholic Church in the 1500s uh, by, by Luther and others, um, have split over 40,000 times in um, a little more than 500 years against one Catholic Church 
that has stood for 2,000 with the likes of us in it. And we've had times like this before, Paul. Um, the church will survive. No one will be able to destroy Christ or his church. No one, Paul. Be proud. Be a faithful Catholic. Take advantage of every single thing the church has to offer. Find some faithful Catholics, like-minded as you are, and get together. And don't be discouraged. That discouragement is of the devil. Pray together. Be strengthened together. Fight evil together. And teach the faithful. And go to save the souls who don't have a clue um, about what is going on in this world and need very much to surrender to our Lord. Be a Catholic hero, Paul, in the midst of this very dark and evil day. God bless you, and God bless all of you, and be strengthened, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Um, Give thanks in your heart for who he is and what he has given us. We'll speak with you tomorrow.